You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Today, we're talking about how to find the right rehab. I have got Recovered Life contributor Shauna McKinnavick on the line. How you doing, Shauna? Doing well. Thank you, Damon. I'm so delighted to be back on the show. I just find all of your segments that you do are so inspiring and so helpful. So I I'm, I'm feel humbled and honored to be back on the show today. So glad to have you here. Look, I wanted to tackle this important question. There's a lot of people that go to the Recovered Life and they want, you know, information about, you know, what to do in their recovery. And there's a lot of people that are out there that are searching for rehabs. It may be them or a loved one that's trying to help them. So I wanted to kind of tackle this idea of how to pick the right rehab. You know, Shauna, it's such a confusing issue for people. And I think the biggest thing is the whole different types of treatment that are out there. People are just confused about all the different types of treatment that you can get. You're exactly right, Damon. It can be confusing because people are new. They're just identifying that they may have a problem with alcohol. Does that mean I have to go to a 30-day rehab or what else is available to me? So it can be confusing. And if you think not only that, once they've decided, oh, yes, I think I need inpatient treatment. If you Google searched residential treatment programs for addiction, you'll get so many um options coming up. How do you sift your way through to find out which is the best one for you? So, you know, if you're, when last we spoke, we talked about the continuum of alcohol use disorder. Some people may be social drinkers and some people may be all the way on the other end, fully addicted, can't go without it, physically addicted, mentally, emotionally. But what happens is if you fall somewhere in the space at the beginning where it's like, I I want to change my relationship with alcohol. I want to get some sort of treatment, but I don't think I need to go away to a 30-day rehab. Well, the good news is there are options for that. There's three different types of uh, rehab or treatment options for someone who's suffering from substance use disorder. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, Sean, are confused about this because they typically start talking about going to a rehab in what I call a car crash moment. Something's happened in right. their life, right? Something's happened. It might've just been as simple as they couldn't meet their work requirements or family requirements, or it could be something drastic or big like a DUI or an accident or a health concern, right? That was landed them in the hospital. And now they're choosing whether or not they need to go to a rehab and they're going through all of these different areas, right? And one of the different selections always tends to be do I need to do outpatient or do or do I need to do inpatient? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that is that is baffling for people. I think a lot of people will say, well, I don't really want to go inpatient. I don't want to go anywhere, right? But maybe they need that. Right. And, you know, we'll always opt for the easiest option. So it's really important to work with a team who wants to go away and leave their life for 30 or 45 or 90 days. Who wants to do that? We might need to, but we don't ever want to do that. So it's really important to work with a team. You can work with a treatment planning professional like myself or an interventionist um, to help you 
find the right rehab if it is. But the more importantly than that is to work with a clinical team at home. Are you seeing a psychiatrist? Are you seeing a therapist? Are you seeing a psychologist? Are you being honest with them? Have you talked to your family doctor? Because they're the clinicians, Damon. They're the ones who are going to be able to say your acuity is such that you do need to go to residential. Or maybe they'll say, you know what? You're in the pre-contemplation stage of getting well and you want to take some action on it. Why don't you start out with going to an intensive outpatient program here at the office or at, you know, my colleague's wellness center that focuses on alcohol use disorder? That might be the first line of defense or the first treatment program for a person who's initially exploring getting well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think picking that team is so essential because I think the judgment, right? Like when you first come in and you decide what you need, you talked about the taking the easier path, right? I think a lot of times we're like, well, it's not that bad. And if it's been this car crash moment, having that team around you that can really assess what you need, because I think one of the issues that makes alcoholism and drug addiction different than another health disorder is that a lot of times we can't judge for ourselves exactly what we need. If we had a broken leg or we, we, we kind of know, hey, we can't walk, right? But with addiction, it will tell you, no, it's totally fine. And when you're five or 10 minutes or a day or three days or a week away from that car crash moment, that tends to be when we think the, you know, hey, everything is okay right now. Let's just continue on. Right. Right. And I can share from my own experience. I didn't um, intend to do this, but I entered an IOP because I had relapsed after decades of sobriety and I was drinking and I worked with my psychiatrist. I got into an I into intensive outpatient program so that I could, you know, get some help. Well, I couldn't stop drinking, Damon. I would go, I would be um, tested, you know, um, by UA and I would admit that I drank and I would say, Oh, I'm not going to drink again. I go to group and I'd see my therapist and my acuity was so severe that I couldn't actually stop. I had to be separated from alcohol. Well, after a few weeks of IOP and continuously failing or what I considered failing, it was, you know, my disease. I was unable to um, get well with that level of treatment. I did finally say, okay, I agree. I need to go to an inpatient. Well, actually they said they recommended an inpatient program. And I said, okay, I'm ready because I did want the help. And I could see that the level of care I was getting at that moment for my first foray into treatment wasn't enough for me. Yeah. I think, you know, that that's such a great story, Shauna, because I think a lot of people, you know, when they look at this and when I'm asked by especially loved ones of people who are in early recovery and they're struggling and maybe they can actually stay sober, but their day-to-day mm-hmm. life is so tortured, right? That they really, it's not just about being uncomfortable. It's just like they can't get through every minute without mm-hmm. it really, really being a struggle. I think the the ability to be able to go to someplace to just take a time out if that's all it is, and not have to worry about your surrounding. Because we know that in early recovery, depending on your surrounding, 
will really pick the odds. If you're if you're living in a home or you're in a situation where you're surrounded by drugs and alcohol, you might not have the ability, even though you might be strong in other areas of your life, you might not really have the ability, right, to just say no. Right. Right. Because you haven't dealt, the problems are all still there and you haven't been acquired the tools to be able to live life on life's terms on a daily basis without self-medicating. So removing one self from one's life is a real, is really beneficial. And then we get to the point that we talked about earlier. Okay. Well, where do I go? And that's why it's so important because psychiatrists and psychologists and, um, in, Intensive outpatient programs will have recommendations working with an interventionist or a treatment planning professional. It's our job to research facilities, to make sure of the accreditation, to, you know, research the staff and their, you know, their clinical results as well, so that we can make those recommendations and net it down to two or three that the client or patient could choose from. But we do all the initial work. Yeah, I think that is so important is that building that team of people around you that can give you uh, an assessment. You know, I think one of the things in today's world is we hear a lot about rehab failure, Shauna. We do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when people are trying to stop drinking, there might be a or, or using drugs, there might be a very small window of time where they say to themselves, you know what? I really can't do this anymore. I'm ready to make a change. And obviously when people are in that window, that's when you want to really, that, that's a great time to go into treatment, in my opinion, because you have the willingness, right? The willingness right. is there to make the change. You can hold that thought in your mind for a period of time until you get that help. You know, I think there, you know, I guess the question I want to ask you was so many in the news headlines, so many celebrities going into rehabs and you just hear rehab failure, rehab failure over and over and over again. Is there really a path to wellness for people that want to go to rehabs? Absolutely, Damon. And I wanted to touch on one of um, an earlier point that you just shared about the willingness and the readiness to change. You know, we see these shows on interventions, these big smash and grab um, interventions where you go in, oh, you have to do this. And that person may not be at the exact right stage, or it could be a Hollywood star who's really messed up on the red carpet. And the next day you read their, they've gone off to um, rehab. Well, the most effective uh, outcome of rehab will be the patient or client's state of mind going in with that willingness to work with that um, openness to seek help and to make those changes oftentimes. And so sometimes some of the interventions I've done have been months and months and months long until that client was ready to actually go in and take the first step by going into rehab. Um, and now I forgot the second part of the question because I wanted to touch that point. No, that's Sorry okay. About that's that, good. I, no, I, I, no, I love that because I think that you really explained. I think you really explained that there is a path there and that they do work because I think we hear so many times about rehab just being a waste. And I, you know, I, I, I had somebody. I've had uh, several people who own rehabs and detox centers on the Recovered Life Show, and we've talked about this. And you know, one of the guys made a point. 
that I thought was really good. It made me look at rehabs a lot differently, Shauna. And that was that he said, you know what? Sometimes people just need a timeout. They just need a timeout so they can actually do an assessment of their life and if drugs and alcohol actually work for them. And he said, you know, for many people that we see in rehab, it's not the first time that they go in that they get it, but that time out allowed them to absorb enough information and maybe didn't, you know, allowed them not to kill themselves, to be honest, from a health perspective, right? Um, And it allowed them to get enough information that when they were ready, they knew what to do and where to go. Yeah. I love that, Damon. I love that harm reduction, right? So they have enough knowledge and tools so that they don't kill themselves at that moment when they, and they may have been forced into rehab at that time, but they've taken that time out and then they go back. And your question was about the continuity of care. Well, yeah, there are rehab failures because people do their 30 days and they're like, I'm done. See ya. Nice time out, whatever. But really effective rehab um, providers or residential treatment center providers have a continuity of care. They will work with your team at home. They'll make sure that you're in the next level or step down. It could be a PHP, which is partial hospitalization. So it's very similar to inpatient rehab where you go every day, but you're living at home and you still have the accountability and you're still learning and you're still learning tools, or you may step right down to to intensive outpatient, but you still have a team and you still have treatment options that you're pursuing. Um, Some even offer that PHP with residential, um, with transitional living that's attached to their treatment center. So you go from residential, you step down to transitional living, you step down to IOP, and you're often living in a sober living environment. But you, we can't make those decisions for ourselves. We have to, you know, work within the team and they, the clinicians can assess it. And I will say, people get really upset when their clinician might say, you know what, you need 15 days more here at residential rehab. And we think we know best, but they see hundreds of us, thousands on an annual basis to be able to assess where, where the client or the patient is, and they make their recommendation from a clinical standpoint. And it's really um, important to follow those. And that ensures success because if you step down, right, you've left your life to go and get recovery. Now you go back, you have all the same pro- problems. You cannot get well just in 30 days. You can't change a lifetime of behaviors in 30 days. So to be able to continue to work on them with accountability, with um, more learning and practice in in group therapies, uh, you have a better chance at staying sober. And then many will often, um, many rehabs and the most um, the ones with the high rates, they do encourage um, participation in a recovery program at home so that you also have the connection with others similar to you. And you can build those relationships as well and see that others have done this and they have gotten well, but it is definitely takes time. I will say, you know, Part of my story is that I went to the same rehab three times and thanks be to God, it finally worked on the the last time. And I kept trying. I never gave up and I did all the recommendations, but it took what it took for me to move all of the knowledge that I acquired from my head to my heart to really start living it. And I'm grateful. I'm, I wouldn't um, trade my time for anything because it helped me get well every single day I spent away. Mm. 
Absolutely. You know, Shauna McKinnavick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been incredibly informative for anyone who is out there looking to pick a rehab, trying to find the right one that's for them. So thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thanks, Damon. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us. 